0: So, in our first class, our first talk, we talked about mindfulness, and it's two basic dimensions. Um, Tara Brock often talks about it like a bird um with two wings: one is the wing of mindfulness or awareness, and the second wing is the mind of love that's that's the space or tenderness that can actually be with what's here um yeah, and like a like a bird, it it takes both of those wings to fly. I love that metaphor. So the rest of these talks, we're going to bring those two wings of awareness to different domains of experience. And today, those domains are the body and the breath. Um, that's what the Buddha presented as the first foundation of mindfulness. So mindfulness centered on the body and. Uh, Not every meditation engages the body. In fact, there's a common misunderstanding that I myself have fallen into that meditation is about transcending the body and, uh, you know, maybe levitating. So, um, you know, why is mindfulness of this body so important? So that's a good question. And I looked into it a lot. And so I think a good way of getting into it is try to... I invite you to reflect on moments in your life when you were happiest, when you felt most connected, most alive. Just kind of review it in your mind. Maybe it's being present for birth or death, moments outside in nature, being with a loved one, maybe a time when you, uh, in meditation where you felt peace or when you're serving. Someone else? In each one of those, the common denominator is you've got to be in your body to experience it, right? So full presence includes the body. It's like the focal point of our emotions and thoughts and perceptions. Everything arises from what we touch, or smell, taste, or see, or hear. Um, Yeah, I'm going to read a quote by Pema Chodron. I have to look over here. It's also helpful to realize that this very body that we have, that's sitting here right now, with its aches and its pleasures, is exactly what we need to be fully human, fully awake, fully alive. I love that. So if we take our visualization in the other direction, if you think of moments when you were really suffering, moments that were difficult, conflict with another person, or fear, um, usually the common denominator is once again that we have connect disconnected from our body, that we're at war with our own body. So. The first thing was to ask, why is it important to connect to the body? The second part is, how comes that is so difficult? You know, and I can tell you, it, it ain't just you. It's, it's me. <laughs> it's everybody. We have this human conditioning um, when things are unpleasant to contract, to pull away, you know, like those sea anemones that when the diver's hands, they touch it and it goes whoop. That's what I imagine I am. Um, and when it's pleasant, we go the other way, chasing after it, um, grasping it. And because these things are continually arising, it can be like an ongoing state of reactivity. So we fall into habits that um, sometimes aren't so wholesome. I like to bike, so it's kind of like I'm pedaling a bicycle and I'm trying to get away from the stress of the present moment that's you know, right back there or I'm chasing after something I really want And I'm pedaling really, really fast. So the more stress, the faster I bike. Um, Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not really on my bike. I'm in my mind, and I'm leaving my body. So it's it's absolutely the universal human conditioning to leave. And um, when we leave, it's like this waterfall of reactivity, and um we feel disconnected from the heart and from the intelligence and for me if i don't have an intention to be here i'm i'm leaving all the time yeah so like the bottom line is that the bodily experience isn't really in control of the brain it's just happening and so, like, I try to control something through the brain, and, that, and it just feels out of control in the body. So I end up leaving the body to try to, to, uh, try to control it, which is counterintuitive, but what I do. So, and it, it is also exacerbated by technology. You know, the more I'm looking into the screen, the more disconnected I am from this actual body. So that's kind of where our culture is so i mean the the bottom line is that there's this existential unease with with being at home with what is out of our control, and uh so we leave um so that leads us to what what happens when we leave the body and um once again, Tara Brock, she shares this metaphor I find really helpful here where. You imagine your body as a house. (laughs) And in the living room, there's this kid, this child, and who's really willful, wants to play and eat and wants attention and hurts and cries. He's doing all the thing that life involves. And it gets a little overwhelming and you're feeling powerless to respond and it's kind of stressful. And so you go upstairs to your office. That's what I do. I go upstairs to my office um, and I get on my computer and then the crying gets really loud. And so I put in my earplugs, you know. You get the idea. So when we try to get away from what's going on with life and we just, we leave. We separate ourselves. And we, we know that life's still going on down there. We just don't want to be with it. So we call a little disconnection, shut off. And that can cause, you know, fatigue and exhaustion. It takes a lot of energy to, to push away and to leave. And there's guilt. You know, if I, if I know something's going on and it's still there, then there's this sort of anxiety and judgment about what I'm not paying attention to. So the office and the metaphor is all the things that we do to escape. For me, it's reading a book or watching TV or um, doom scrolling on my phone. <laughs> Fill in your favorite um, habit energy. So, yeah, we get cut off. We get cut off from the stress, yay, but also from our hearts. And you know, when we get cut off from our heart, we, we miss that connection with life and we're in this like virtual reality. So, so we've talked about why it's important to be in our bodies and what suffering happens when we leave. And the third part is the most important part, I think, which is practices that we can use to reconnect to the body. And we, we can do this. We can practice to try to be aware, to notice what's going on in our bodies. And little bit by little bit, we grow this muscle of awareness of the body. Yeah. Practising with a gentle, mindful presence, including being with the unpleasant and the pleasant, the neutral sensations that move through the body, learning to stay. I don't have to keep I don't have to keep pedaling away from it. I can be here. Hmm. So as we do, we can start discovering, you know, a growing sense of presence, of being at home in our bodies, in the universe. Like just last week, I was out on one of those really warm days. You remember those before the cold snaps started. And uh, I was smashing the ice from the, the luge in our backyard. And I was kind of enjoying the physical action of smashing the ice and, and breaking apart by ice hunks, and I looked up, and the sky was a brilliant turquoise, and the clouds were these huge, puffy orange ships of orange sherbet um, and the elm tree had this the black silhouette, and this alpine glow just suffused everything it was it was magical, it felt vibrant and alive, and it was quiet inside my head and I realized, you know, that's my mind and my body being together at the same time. Really there. Yeah. We all have moments like that where we experience, truly experience where we are, where our bodies are, that we are part of the awe and wonder of the Mother Earth. Hmm. So yeah, there's practices that help us build the habit of connecting the mind and body. One of the first practices is focusing on the breath, or if the breath doesn't work for you, uh, another anchor that we can return to again and again to feel the body. So if it's not the breath, it could be a touch point in the body or a sound, um, any sort of anchor that helps us come out of that mental control tower where we're in the virtual reality. Ah, come back here. Come back over and over again. And and we do it um like Jack Cornfield uh suggests, like training a puppy. You don't you don't want to beat the puppy. <laughs> it doesn't feel so good for the puppy and it doesn't feel good to you either. So sit and stay. Sense a few breaths or your specific anchor notice the attention has gone elsewhere. Acknowledge that simply without any judgment and come back, sit, stay again, just being here in this moment. And if you're a a visual person, you can imagine that you're a mountain, solid when the storms come and the sun and the snow and study through it all. Or as Thich Nhat Hanh talks about, the freshness of a flower or the reflective clarity of water, the spacious freedom of the sky. So if it, your anchor is the breath, just a few, a few tips. If you find a place where the breath is most evident and obvious to you, it might be the nostrils, or that coolness in the back of the throat when you breathe in, or you might feel the rise and fall of your chest or your belly. If you're distracted, I sometimes place my hand on my belly, and I can feel the fall and the rise of the breath in my hand. And as you as you sit with it, you'll notice that the breath changes. It has rhythms, longer and shorter breaths, bigger spaces, and uh, even three breaths, attentively felt, can bring a sense of calm and ease and enjoyment. Well, let's try that now. I invite you to take three breaths with me. It's something you can do any time throughout the day. Nobody on your Zoom call needs to know. I do it all the time. <laughs> if you're busy, when I'm working through my to-do list, um, I can pop three mindful breaths when I do something habitual, like turning, um, turning on my car or um, shutting a door or whenever I pick up my phone. That's a good one. That's a lot. And it's a a practice, like practicing the piano or my kids with the violin. You just put in your time, really. There's no judging. And of course, the attention is going to rest with the anchor for a few breaths. And then it's going to wander off to planning and remembering thousands of other places. No need to judge. I I remember uh, Julia Child, I'm going to probably misquote this, but she says, when you're in the kitchen and you drop, I don't know what it was, the lamb, (laughs) and you just pick it up and you put it on the plate, who's going to know, right? (laughs) So with the meditation, your attention wanders, just put it right back. Not a big deal. We forgive ourselves. We wouldn't leave if it wasn't unpleasant. So, we forgive that we've left and we be gentle about arriving. It's a wonderful moment. So, in the anchor for an attention, like breath or body or sound, that's one of the tools that's central to reconnecting with the body. And there's also the body scan, and there's many ways of doing a body scan, from five minutes at the beginning of a meditation to a full, you know, 45 minutes, focusing on the body slowly from head to toe. And we did a very basic body scan at the beginning of the guided meditation today. So you can experiment to see what is the most powerful to you. So there's the anchor and coming back. There's the body scanning. And a third practice is Uh, Notation, which was also offered in the guided meditation, which is helping uh, to ask ourselves, what's happening inside of us, and can I be with this, or can I let it be? So we practice with something very strongly pleasant or unpleasant, something that's really calling the attention, and we just sort of Notice what it is and name it, tingling, or naming what it's really like right now. Maybe a brief kind of scan, and start with the throat and the chest and the belly. That's what I where I feel my emotions strongly, and just noting. Yeah, can I be with this? What's it really like? For me, I often ask myself about the pain about stress in my belly and so the more I ask I just like move away from calling it pain and it's just like clutching and squeezing and if I let it just be there there's a little more space like the pain is that contraction and um, the attention is more like the warm warm sun melting the, the fear it doesn't I can't say it turns the pain into something pleasant, but there's a there's a space. And usually I can I can be with it. So we start to relax, start to feel our body, start coming home. And we get to see how much our bodies are really holding. Sometimes I'm just really tired. and I also just want to take a second to name that there are experiences, deep experiences, um sometimes from childhood that can block us from being able to be in our body. And there is there's trauma that teaches that it's not safe to be in a body. So if it feels unbearable to focus on the body, then Be kind to that experience and you know if now is the time to be with that sensation or if you need to focus your attention on something else for a moment and resource yourself in a way that seems best uh, in that moment, talking to somebody or singing or walking, reading. And then when things are calm again, you can consider a specific practice to try to get in touch with that feeling, um, and maybe maybe use a mentor uh, to release some blockages. So, yeah, when you think, when you pay attention closely, it's the it's the start of healing to pay pay attention to the body especially with forgiveness and compassion. And as a a final thought, uh, it can feel... I felt it when I was writing about this and reading about it, it feels really inward to focus on mindfulness of the body. I mean, like, here's this body that I'm feeling uh, mindful of. Um, But we're not just... We're not just focusing on our own bodies here. I mean, the earth wouldn't be suffering the way it is if everybody was awake to their own bodies. So the more we connect, each one of us, to our own bodies, the more our sensitivity and care can widen out. And we can really feel what's going on in the bodies of others. And we're able to feel the struggle of other beings that want to live fully and don't want to be polluted or oppressed or in some way disrespected. So we sense the needs of our earth, of our community, of our larger body as well. So it's, it's, not, it's not all focused on, on oneself. It's bigger than that. We're bringing into awareness exactly what needs to be attended to and part of the healing of ourselves and our community. Hmm. So those are my thoughts about mindfulness and the body and breath. And we can come to our discussion time and um, just bring up, if you wanna talk about anything about how you practice with mind or with the body and the breath, and if you've been practicing over the last couple of weeks, if you have any questions, that's I can answer. Well, I can respond <laughs> to any questions, and um, yeah, I invite you to just call up your experience and share uh, mindfulness of the body and and breath for for you. I'm gonna.